Don't know why suddenly sweet talk. I think I know why. You know, in our church team building legacy, we have been trying to teach different virtues right, of how we can pass down good legacy to the younger generation, spiritual legacy, and even moral value and virtue. And so this morning, or rather this month, our emphasis is on love and honor. So now you know why. <laughs> yeah, love and honor, and this will be our team for the month of May, and we will be touching uh, on these uh, very particular topics uh, this morning. Now, what does it mean by honor? My emphasis today is on honor. But what does it mean by honor? Right? I want to talk about honor one another. Honor one another, and my text is taken from uh, Romans 12, verse 10. But before we go into that, let's just look at the word honor. What does it mean? Honor. And when you look at the dictionary, to honor means you give great esteem, great respect. To honor someone is to hold him in high respect or to treat him uh, with great esteem. And in fact, the Bible tells us that God wants us to honor those who are in position of authority because they are representative of God's ultimate authority overall. But honor goes beyond people with authority over us. We are to honor all people, all people, by treating them with dignity and respect. That's why it's not just honoring a particular group of people, but it's honoring all people, it's honoring one another. So in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 17, this is what it says, Honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Now you notice that it says, honor all all people all people love the brotherhood meaning the family of god fear god and love the king or in other translation it also say honor the king yeah honor the king right let's pray shall we father we look to you this morning thank you for your sweet presence here and even as we have partaken of the holy communion that remind us oh god of the great love of our Lord Jesus Christ. And in loving us, in dying for us, we know that Jesus himself honored us as his people. For this, we want to give thanks to you. So continue to speak to our heart, to minister to us this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, generally, there are three categories of people that we are called to honor. First of all, we are called to honor our parents. Am I right? Uh, and the scripture makes it very clear uh, in uh, Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. It says that honor your father and, and you and your mother, and your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God has given to you. So honor our parents. Second group of people is that we are to honor those in authorities. Those in authorities uh, refer to even secular authority, even government, because when you turn to Romans chapter 13, it includes the government. Right? And uh, spiritual authority also included. And of course, the third category is that we are to honor one another, which later on we will look at our uh, text for the day. That's Romans chapter 12, verse 10. But out of these three categories of people we are to honor, now you tell me which is the easiest and which is the hardest. Which is the easiest group of people you find that you can easily honor them? Out of these three, parents, uh, those in authority, and one another. Which one is the easiest? Huh? Parents. Huh? Anyone got a different answer? Yeah, parents is the easiest. Huh? Why parents? Because they are closest to us, right? They give birth to us huh? and they took care of us. They provided for us. They fed us. They look into every aspect of our well being. So it's easier to honor our parents. From young, we have been taught to honor our parents. Whether those from the Christian background or non-Christian background, we know that we are to honor our parents. And incidentally, next week, it's going to be Mother's Day. So you children down there or out there, remember, do something to honor your mothers too. Alright? Now tell me what are some of the things that we can do to honor our parents. Tell me, what do you do to honor your parents? What do you do? Oh, you didn't do anything? Huh? I'm sure you did something right. How do you honor your parents? 
What? Give money. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Very important. Here, here, here. Those of you working, right? Now, young people? Anyone working already? My children, here well, here well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, of course, very fundamental. Listen to them and obey them, isn't it? By listening to them, you obey them, you honor them, you celebrate special day for them, their birthday, uh, their anniversary. Alright, and uh, inform them of where uh, you're aware about so that they do not need to worry about you. I know a lot of young people. You say, hey, I don't need to tell one, uh, you know, I uh, no need to tell parents. I just go wherever we are. But do you know that when you don't tell your parents, they worry. When they worry about you, you're not honoring them. So a very important thing is that when you tell them, you're actually honoring them, you're telling them where you are so that they will not worry about you. Correct or not, parents? You want your children to tell you where they are? Uh, hear ye. <laughs> so yes, you honor your parents from informing them. And of course, you honor your parents, give them allowance when you start to work. Parents, can you say? Very loud. Okay, so today the message is for you for the time being. <laughs> but don't worry, I'll get to them. All right. And of course, we want to treat them. We want to surprise them. Take them for a holiday. You like it? Yeah, buy gifts for them. Don't run away, ah. don't run away. Ah. Stay, still, ah. Stay until the end of the service, okay? <laughs> and of course, speak kindly. Speak kindly to your parents. Be patient with them when they get older. When they cannot hear you so much. When, they know, when you have to shout at them. <laughs> when their eyes are blurred. When you show them things they cannot see. And when they keep coming to you with their handphone, teach me to do this, teach me to do that. Be patient with them. Parents, and you say? Yeah. So what you all know, to honor our parents is very easy. There are so many things that we can do. Okay, I'm going to give the young people a break now. Today, we want to focus. Uh, all of these three categories, honoring parents, honoring authority, and honoring one another. This morning, my focus is really on honoring one another. We want to honor one another, especially in the Christian context. Because we are in the church. We are in the Christian context. So we want to emphasize on this for today. And of course, in the Christian context, there are two broad categories of people in the church that we need to honor. Two broad categories. The first category is that we honor spiritual leadership. That is the first category. And the Bible exhorts us to show honor to all those who are in authority over us. As I mentioned just now, it's not just a secular authority, but spiritual authority because spiritual leadership comes with spiritual authority. If we are going to honor government and secular authority, what more the spiritual authority in the household of faith? You seldom hear of this in the church. Why you seldom hear of this honoring spiritual leadership in the church? Why? Because those who want to preach this are actually spiritual leaders and then many times they shy away. They shy away from preaching it. Right? Because they're afraid that, well, will people misunderstand me that they, they want me to honor them? And there's a reason why we seldom hear about it. But it shouldn't be. Because if we do not teach the word of God, then the people of God will not know how to honor spiritual authority. And when we talk about spiritual leaders, it includes, yes, the pastors and the lay leaders as well. That means it includes the deacons, or in our case, the church board members. It includes all the lifestyle leaders. It includes the life kids teachers. It includes whoever that teaches you, whether it's in the youth or whether in the adults. It includes the departmental and the ministry leaders. And it includes others who are leading in one way or another. So you realize that spiritual leadership is not just concentrated on one group of people, the clergy, but it includes all levels of leadership in the church as well. The question is, why are we to honor those in spiritual leadership position? And thank God that the Bible do give us some very good reason, and most of it comes from the Apostle Paul. Now, the Apostle Paul, we know that he was a great spiritual leader. He was a spiritual father. And he wrote many letters or epistles to the churches and to individuals as well. Uh, and in this letter, he taught us. He taught the Christians, he taught us at large how we are to honor spiritual leadership. And Paul didn't mention it just one time, but he mentioned it quite a number of times so that we can understand the heartbeat of the Apostle Paul and the teaching of the Lord. 
First of all, he said that we are to honor spiritual leaders because of their hard work. Not because of their hard work. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 12 and verse 13, he says here, Dear brothers and sisters, honor those who are your leaders in the Lord's work. They work hard among you and give you spiritual guidance. Show them great respect and wholehearted love because of their work. So he said that we are to honor those who are your leader because they work hard among you. And in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 17, he said that elders who direct the affairs of the church well are worthy of double honor, especially those whose work is preaching and teaching. Now, spiritual leaders work very hard for the well-being of the body of Christ. And oftentimes, they did not do so out of selfish motive, but they did so out of love for God and out of love for men. And oftentimes in the church, we take spiritual leaders for granted. Why? Because we think that, well, it is everybody's duty to serve God. We are safe to serve, yes. See, it's the duty of everybody to serve God, so we just take those who are serving God for granted. But we forget that spiritual leaders often go the second mile and go beyond their duty to serve. Sometimes when you enjoy your holiday, they don't. Uh, they put in the extra work to plan, to serve, and when you are relaxing, they are working. And how many times the Sunday school or the life te teacher, you know, uh, during their off day, they will have to start preparing their lesson. They have to think of how to plan. They have to think of how to engage your children. And for you parents, you know, to be able to sit down here to enjoy the service and with your children up there, do you know that the teacher's work is not just contained on these two hours when you're enjoying? They spend the extra hours to prepare the lesson. They spend the extra hour to get the artwork material done. Uh, they spend the extra hour to look for creative ideas. Sometimes they spend the extra money to buy things for the kids. So you realize that they put in a lot of effort. And same thing with the cell leaders too. Right? They have to work extra hard. They have to take care of the needs of the cell members too. And that goes for many other levels of leadership. For the departmental leaders and the, and, and the ministry, they have to do their planning. They have to make sure things are done. With a service like that, you realize that the head usher has to make sure that the team is ready for service. And when we have special services, make sure that there you know, are special team getting ready to serve as well. So all this, a lot of time, we don't see. But they work hard. Therefore, we are to honor them. And of course, secondly, Paul says that we are to honor them for their exemplary life. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 7, it says, Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you, consider the outcome of their way of life, and imitate their faith. Now, much is expected of spiritual leaders. I'm sure even in your own mind, you already have certain expectation how the spiritual leader should be like. A church leader should be like, and what a pastor should be like. We all have our expectation about leadership, more so expectation about spiritual leadership. And spiritual leaders are often being watched, and they need to guard their own walk with the Lord. As Paul himself said, as leaders, we, he ought to discipline himself like a good soldier. Paul said, I discipline myself. I want to discipline myself like a good soldier, like a good athlete. And even like a good farmer, a farmer work hard, a, this, uh, 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 an athlete, you know, he trained hard, a soldier who will not entangle himself with the affairs of the world. So that Paul said that at the end of the day, after I preach to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. And therefore, you know, Paul actually guard his life very well. And he gave the same teaching to his mentee. He told Timothy, watch your doctrine and your conduct closely. Make sure your doctrine, your conduct, your teaching, your behavior match each other. So you realize that because of their exemplary life. You see, we expect a lot from the leaders, spiritual leaders. We expect them to be knowledgeable. They must know the Bible better than us. Uh, we expect them to be more prayerful. Uh, we expect them to be diligent. We expect them to be men and women of integrity. We expect them to be patient, kind and loving uh, and because of our expectation a lot of time you realize that the, the leadership the spiritual leader get criticized most often because of the high expectation 
So therefore, Paul is saying that then we must honour spiritual leadership because of their assembly life. They got their life in order to show you a good example. And often spiritual leaders give up personal pleasure in order not to be a stumbling block to others. And there's another reason why Paul, we are to honour spiritual leaders for their sacrifices. For their sacrifices. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 29 and verse 30. In this case, Paul was writing to the Philippian Christian. And the Philippian Christian have sent him an assistant, a helper, a co-worker. Uh, Paul called him, uh, his fellow worker, a co-worker. Even while Paul was in chain, uh, Epaphroditus was sent to minister together with Paul. And then, but the problem is Epaphroditus got sick along the way. Not only got sick, he got very, very sick. He got so sick that he almost died. But thank God that God has mercy on him. And God has mercy on the church. And God's grace was sufficient for him. And God touched him and healed him. And he was waiting for, for Paul to send him back to the Philippian church. And this is what Paul said right, in Philippians chapter 2, verse 29 and 30. So then welcome him. Welcome this guy by the name of Epaphroditus. He said, welcome him in the Lord with great joy and honor. Honor people like him because he almost died. For the work of Christ, he risked his life to make up for the help you yourself could not give me. The Philippians wanted to come alongside Paul, but they couldn't. They sent this worker, and this worker worked hard alongside Paul, and he sacrificed. He sacrificed at the expense of his own health. And similarly, there are many, you know, uh, spiritual leaders too. Oftentimes, they sacrifice themselves. They make a lot of sacrifices. Take for example the Apostle Paul. He sacrificed. He was in chain for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And because of the sacrifices they made, Paul said, honor spiritual leaders. Honor them for their hard work. Honor them for their exemplary life. Honor them for their sacrifices. And how can we honor spiritual leaders? How can you honor those who are serving you? Your cell leaders, yeah, your teachers, you know, your ministry leaders, how can we honour them? Well, we can do so by supporting them, encourage them, say words of encouragement, understand them, pray for them, lend them a helping hand. Don't just tell them that this thing needs to get done, that thing needs to get done. Lend them a helping hand so that with your help, they can get things done. Just like the Philippian church, they send Epaphroditus to Paul so that he can work along with Paul and assist Paul in ministry even while Paul was in prison. Respect their decision whether you agree or you disagree. Respect the decision they make. Cooperate with them. Follow their teaching. Listen to their instruction. These are the different, different ways that we can honour them. We don't have to do a lot of big things. But we can just do simple little things that will honor them. Cell members, treat your cell leaders well. Remember their birthday. Celebrate your cell leaders' birthday. All right? Honor them so that they will find joy in serving you. Parents, honor those teachers who are taking care of your children up in the life case. Don't just go there and collect your children. Thank you, ah. You know, don't get upset when your children got a little bum. Why you never take care of my child well? Ah? You see? But rather go and thank the teacher. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for teaching my child. Say words of encouragement. Even if your child has a little fight with another child, don't blame the teacher and say that the teacher didn't jaga them well. There may be other factors involved. Perhaps you can say, are you short-handed? Is there any way I can come alongside and assist? Right? So we can honour our teachers, our life kid teachers, and you know, uh, encourage them through little, little words right, of uh, motivation, uh, through little, little words of appreciation as well. Appreciate them. Young people, show honour to those leaders who have contributed to your spiritual growth in one way or another. Those who taught you, maybe some of those who taught you in the children's church, in the life kids. Right? Uh, you grew up from there. Whenever you see them, remember uh, to, to still acknowledge your teacher, to still you know, uh, appreciate them and thank them. Thank them, value them. Spiritual leaders need motivation too. So therefore, church, there are many leaders in our midst. Whenever you see somebody who has been serving you know, in the church, go to them. 
shake their hand and say, thank you, brother, for serving. Thank you, sister, for serving. Encourage one another. Honour spiritual leaders. The second group which it, I would like to emphasize more this morning is honour the saints. Honour the saints. Who are the saints? Who? All of us are the saints. All of us are the saints, right? The household of God, the brotherhood, that we are all the same. So in other words, we are to honor one another. In Romans chapter 12, verse 10, right? uh, let's just first look at the NIV translation. NIV translation say, Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourself. It says, be devoted in love. In other words, we are to love one another. And secondly, we are to honor one another above ourselves. Love and honor. Right? So, very nice verse. Now we want to look at the ESV. And I want all of us to read together the ESV. Ready? One, two. Love one another. Okay, one more time and read it with enthusiasm. Ready? Go. Love. Thank you. I like the phrase. They say, Outdo one another in showing honor. Outdo one another in showing honor. How do you outdo one another? Right? And I will say, honor other above yourself, but yes, we say, outdo one another. Wow, that means you really put in effort. You really be intentional. You really want to do something uh, to honor one another. Now, how can we really show honor to one another? It is not easy. When we are living in the self-centered world, where the self is more important than anything else. Just now I talk about, you know, which group of people easiest to honor? You say parents. Now I ask you, which group of people, which category of people is hardest to honor? Just now I talk about parents. We talk about, you know, right, leadership. We talk about all people, which group is the hardest to honor? All people, you sure? What about government authority? <laughs> Depends, right? <laughs> Depends, right? Okay, yeah. So you realize that it's easy said than done. It's so easy. Wow, it's a beautiful verse. I can memorize it. You know, we must outdo one another. Say it's easy. But can you really outdo? Do we really honor others above yourself? Right? So how can we really do it? Right? It's, to really honor one another, it means honoring, honoring people that you may not even like. It means honoring people that you have issue with. And how can we really put this instruction into practice? When we were young in school, all of us have gone through that. Right? When, you go to the, uh, when the teacher comes to the class, what do you do? You stand up. Good morning, teacher. Remember those days? Yeah, we were all taught to honor. But even to some teachers that you don't like or you even hate, what do you do? You still have to stand up and you still say, Good morning, teacher. Even though reluctantly you say it. Am I right? Yeah, we all have to do say So in the same way, we are to honor one another, even to some people that you may not like them. You may have relationship issue with them, we are still to do that. But how can we do that? Uh, there are a few things right, in the scripture that will help us to be able to practice this honoring one another, to even outdo one another in showing honor. Uh, first of all, we must have the same attitude of Christ. Uh, we must have the same attitude of Christ. Turn with me to Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 to verse 9, the familiar passage. But it's good for us to remind ourselves as we read through this portion again. And we want to see how, you know, it relates to the message of honoring. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 to verse 9, he says, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. So we are to have the same attitude. But what kind of attitude does Christ have? And this is where verse 6 tells us, uh, verse 6 almost tells us, who being in very nature, God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but make himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, 
even death on the cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now, this portion of Scripture tells us about Christ. The attitude of Christ is such that he always put others above himself. He put others above himself. Christ, the Son of God, was in an honorable position in the heavenlies. He was God. And he was a creator. He was full of glory and splendor and honor. But he chose to give up all this glory and honor for us. And in fact, the Bible in this verse tells us he did not think of his own honor when he became a man. He did not think of his own honor when he became a man. He was willing to subject himself to the harsh hum human life. He was willing to subject himself to be insulted while on earth. He was willing to give up his divine position and privileges. He humbled himself to take on the position of a slave. And we know the position of a slave is one without honor. It's one without honor. He did it for the very purpose that mankind can be saved. He did so for the honor of sinful men. So in other words, we can put it simply, he gave up his honor that we may regain our honor. Humankind lost honor when we sin against God. We lost our honor when we sin against God. But Jesus gave up his honor so that we can regain our honor when he saves us, when he redeems us. Therefore, after fulfilling the will of the Father, uh, the scripture will say here, God elevated him to the place of highest honor. Uh, therefore, verse 9 in the NLT, he said that God elevated him to the place of highest honor. He gave up his honor so that we can regain our, our honor. And after regaining our honor, God elevated Jesus, who first gave up his honor, but now God elevated him so that he can be at the place of highest honor. In other words, Jesus considers the need of others above his own. Mankind are generally self-centered. We usually put our needs before others, true or not? Go to the buffet line and you will know, isn't it? Each time you have a buffet, you will know we honour ourselves more than we honour others. Correct? Right? And uh, you realise that uh, it's not easy to give up our privilege for the sake of other people. To have this attitude of Christ means that we must be like Christ. We think of others above ourselves. This is not easy. Of course, we have a modern-day example. Uh, we have Mother Teresa. Uh, she was one, I would think, that she really practiced this. She really had the attitude of Christ. She really has the mind of Christ, who was willing to put on you know, the mind of Christ and put aside her own personal honor in order to serve those people who have been dishonored. She had, before she went to the street of Calcutta, she, yes, she was a nun. She dedicated herself to serve God. And she was having an honorable role of teaching in the convent. She taught in the convent for 20 years. It was an honorable position, the teaching job, the teaching role. Everybody will respect the teacher, especially in the olden days. So it was a very honorable role. But when she saw the poor, the needy, the untouchable. They are called untouchable because they are dishonorable people, dishonorable in the sight of the higher caste. You understand, you know, the Indian society and culture. And these are the people nobody wants to care. These are the people who nobody wants to go near. That's why they are called untouchable. But she was willing to give up her honorable position, her honorable role as a teacher, being respected by so many people, so many students, and she had taught for 20 years as you give up that honourable role, that honourable position, and she went down to the street right, to be associated with the untouchable on the street. She indeed put on the attitude of Christ. 
She put the needs of others before herself. How many of us can do that? If we really want to outdo one another in showing honour, we need to have an attitude change. If our attitude has been self-centred, then we have to pray and ask God. They say, Lord, help me. Instead of being self-centred, help me to be Christ-centred. Instead of looking into my own needs, help me look into the needs of other people. We must have an attitude change. That is the attitude of Christ. We must be willing to the point of giving up our honour for the sake of the honour of other people. Secondly, we are to follow the example of Christ. The example stated down here is one of humility and servanthood. He gave up his honour. He became a servant. He took the form of a servant. He took the form of a slave that is without honour. And Jesus not only did that when he, gave his, when he came down from heaven, he continued to set the example for us even while on earth. And I'm sure we are very familiar with the passage, you know, at the Last Supper, where Jesus stood down, took a towel around him, took a basin of water, and he began to wash the disciples' feet. We are all familiar with that portion of scripture where Jesus began to live out Right? He had been living out his life, but this is the final, the finest journey. And he's showing them the full, the full extent of his love one more time. Not only the extent of his love, but the extent of his humility. It was an act of love and humility. In washing his discipleship, Jesus was in fact honouring the disciples. Have you ever thought that Jesus was actually honouring them? Because feet washing was an act of hospitality in the time of Jesus. When the guests come to the house, they will wash their feet. And we all know during those times, they don't wear nice leather shoes like you, branded, right? A few hundred dollars a pair. No. They all wear sandals. Sandals. And they all walk on dusty road. And do you know during those times, the mode of transportation are donkeys? Right? Uh, cows, horses, and you know, animals, when they walk along, when they prop along, sometimes they leave something behind. And you know what they left behind, right? I don't have to say. They will leave something behind, right? And during those times, they don't have proper place, you know. Uh, to, 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 to just take the donkey or whatever, cows or horses. Okay, this is a place you can do your business. No. Wherever they go, they will be. And can you imagine you're walking, walking on the same road where the animals are pulling the cars and leaving things behind. And sometimes, unintentionally, you may step on some of those wonderful, wonderful deposits, right? And so you realize that the feet are usually dirty, dusty, Smelly. And so whenever the guests would enter, when they are being invited, or even when, when, when the owner goes back home, you know, the slave will usually be the one that wash their feet. But when the guests come, one of the ways to show honor to the guests, to show hospitality to the guests, is to have the lower slave to wash the feet of these distinguished guests. When the guests come to the house, they will wash the feet. This is how. Right? They show hospitality. In showing hospitality, you are actually honouring the guests. You make the guests feel welcome. You make the guests feel very important. Now, all of us know about the Maori Hakka dance, right? Anyone of you like to watch the Maori Hakka dance? You know what is it? Those of you who know, raise your hand. Oh, okay. Some of you don't know. How to explain? I don't know how to dance. Anybody know how to do the haka dance? They beat their chest, they stomp their feet. Have you watched the All Black? <laughs> they do that, you know. Ooh, and then they take out their tongue, you know. <laughs> I saw some of those haka dance. And, you know, it can be frightening sometimes, right? And if you go to New Zealand, you go to some of those cultural places, they will, you know, probably have a cultural show and they will have this haka dance for you as well. And this haka dance, you know, uh, it is, at first people thought it was a war dance. It was meant for war. Actually, it was not. Uh, they performed this haka dance uh, to their honest guests. Uh, and haka was performed to welcome distinguished guests or to acknowledge great achievement on occasion of wedding and even funerals. Right? 
on occasion of wedding or even funeral, they will do the dance. They will beat their chest, they will say some of their, in their Maori language, we, we do not know what they are saying, you know. Uh, they will twist their face, they will stick out their tongue. Sometimes it can be very frightening when you first wonder, what are they sticking my tongue? They want to kill me or what? They look very angry, you know. They're very emotional, the full, whole emotion is in it, the whole energy is in it. When you watch or go back, you just go to some of YouTube and watch the haka dance. And sometimes after that, you see that after they have performed that, they will actually hug one another. They will actually hug one another. And it can be very, very emotional. So they honor. So not long ago, when you have you know, Prince Harry and the wife Meghan, they went over to New Zealand, they actually performed the haka dance in front of them. Right? And then we all heard about the terrible Anzac you know, uh, shooting uh, in the mosque. And do you know that you know, the students and some other group, right, at the funeral, they performed the haka dance in honor to the dead that was being killed in the mosque in Christchurch. They did that. They did that. The students were doing it, and there were other groups. They were doing this haka dance just to honor the dead. Right? So in honoring them, you do something for them. So in one of his teachings, Jesus said about the religious leaders. Right? That the religious leaders and the Pharisees, they, they, whatever thing they do, they want to be honored. But Jesus himself was trying to honor the disciples. Now, this is what Jesus talked about the religious leader. You can turn to Matthew chapter 23, verse 5 to verse 7. Matthew chapter 23, verse 5 to verse 7. And Jesus was speaking against the religious leaders and the Pharisees. And this is what he said, Everything they do is done for men to see. They make their phylacteries white and the tassels on their garment long. They love the place of honor at banquets and the most important seats in the synagogue. They love to be greeted in the marketplaces and to have men call them rabbi. Now, this is what the religious of Jesus' day wanted. They wanted to always, you know, to be at the seat of honor. Wherever they go to banquet, they want to go and sit at the top seat. Uh, they want to choose a seat of honor uh, when they sit down a meal. But in this case, Jesus chose the place of a servant. Instead of grabbing the most important seat as he sit down with the disciple. Now, according to the culture, and I believe in most culture, if Jesus was the teacher, the rest of the disciple, who will sit at the most honored place? The teacher, the rabbi. You will let Jesus sit at the most honored place. But Jesus came down. Instead of sitting there with the disciple, he got down. And he took the place of a servant. He began to wash their feet while they were still sitting around the table like an honored guest. So in other words, while washing the discipleship, Jesus was actually honoring his disciples. He was actually honoring them. He was putting them at the place of honor. In fact, Jesus taught the disciples, right? When you go for a meal, don't choose the seat of honor. But rather... You know, uh, choose a lowly seat. If the host see you and want to invite you to the place of honor, then you are honored. But just in case that you go yourself and sit at the place of honor, and if the host can come and invite you and say, sorry, this place is reserved for another distinguished guest, then you will feel embarrassed, isn't it? So don't choose the seat of honor. In modern day setting, I'm sure we also have guests of honor in different, in different occasions. Uh, whether it's official function or whatever occasion, and we have VIP seats, you know, and we honor men of position, which is all right. And this is, is biblical. It's all right to have, you know, to, to have a seat of honor, to honor people, but, but we must not overdo it. We must not overdo it, especially in the Christian setting. When we play host, when you play so, or when our church play host for some special event or special function, then we must do our best to honor our guests. When we are the host, let's do our best to honor our guests. Give them the place of honor. Make them feel good. But if we are the guests, don't expect to be honored. Don't, if you are being invited, don't go there with the attitude that, you know, I want the seat of honor. People must come and honor me. No. Choose the Lord, is it? Don't look to be honored. 
But if others want to honor you, they will come to you. You don't go have you don't have to go and look for it. You don't need to seek to be honored. In honoring others, we are actually dealing with our own pride and ego. It's not easy to show honor to others. In honoring others, we are dealing with our pride and, and ego. You think it's easy for Jesus to wash the disciples' feet? Jesus did it. Because Jesus don't have pride and ego. He's a perfect man. And he was able to do it. But you think it's easy to honor others. Then let me ask you a question. Why didn't the disciples take the initiative to wash somebody's feet? Why didn't the disciples take the initiative to wash somebody's feet? They couldn't. Why? In fact, they were debating who was to be the greatest among them. And they were arguing over this, not in one occasion, read the gospel, there were at least two occasions. In fact, one occasion, one of the mummy will come, you know, these are my boys, you know, Jesus let them one sit on your left, sit on your right. They were actually jostling for position, for the place of honor. So therefore, to honor somebody else is not easy. To honor somebody else means they have to deal with their own pride, they have to deal with their own ego, because every one of them wanted to be honored. So when we honor other people, we are dealing with our own pride, when we are dealing with our own ego. You find it very difficult to honor people, not because the person is not likable, it's because of our pride. It's because of our ego. Our pride and ego prevent us from honoring others. Therefore, we must have the attitude of Christ. Therefore, we must follow the example of Christ. The teaching of Jesus is very simple. Honor one another. But it's very hard to carry out. When we serve others, we honor them. Say, for example, Chinese tea serving. Right? You all know Chinese culture when we serve tea. When we serve tea, it's an act of honoring. That's why at every Chinese wedding culture, you have tea serving ceremony where the newlywed will serve all the elders, the grandparents, the parents, the uncles, the aunties, everyone that's above them, they serve tea. It's an act of honor. I'm honoring the elder. Right? I'm honoring the elder. It's the younger they will serve the older. Right? When it comes to tea. Right? So that is important. And not only that, students will serve their master. Right? In the ancient uh, Chinese as well, the Sifu and the Todai, the Todai are the followers. They will also serve their master. If they want to be the Todai, they want to be the disciple of this master, they will have to come before the master, kneel down and say, I want you to be my master, and they will serve tea. They honor the master. Or sometimes the guilty party will serve tea to the offended party. If you have offended somebody, you want to ask for forgiveness, you come before the offended party. Okay, you know, I, I serve you tea, forgive me. Right? So we want to serve tea right? and ask for forgiveness so you're honoring the other person. So you realize that even in our culture, we have this very important aspect uh, of honoring. And when you do that, you are humbling yourself. When you do that, you are dealing with your pride. You are dealing with your own ego. So ask ourselves, do we have the pride and ego that stop us from honoring others? And now finally, we want to come to some very practical reasons. Uh, action. Besides having the attitude of Christ, besides following the example of Christ, there are some practical action that we can do. In Romans 12 verse 10, it asks us to outdo one another in showing honor. How can we outdo one another? That means you go out of your way to, dem to, to demonstrate honor to them. Uh, whether they deserve it or not is another thing. Whether the person deserves to be honored or not, is a different issue. As I given you the example just now, that when you were young, when you go to school, uh, even if the teacher that you don't like coming, you still have to stand up and honor the teacher. You honor them because of the position. Uh, so we have to honor one another. Okay? Right? How can we honor one another? Some simple step. And I believe all of us can start doing it, even today. Uh, first of all, compliment others. Compliment others. Now, when we compliment others for a job well done, for an achievement, uh, for a good deed, we are encouraging 
and honoring them. We make them feel good. Uh, we make them feel uplifted. We make them feel that, oh, I want to do it again, you know. Right? So they will continue to do even better. But is it easy to compliment others? Do you think it's easy to compliment others? To some, it comes easy. To some, it's very difficult because we are very stingy with our praise. We are very generous with our criticism. We are very stingy with our praise. Agree or not? Yeah. So therefore, it's not easy to compliment others. But if you want to honor others, learn to compliment them. Right? So when you compliment others, you may be implying that they are better than you. That's why some people don't want to complain. Oh, I say, oh, you did a good job. You know, well, that means they're better than me. Pride again, ego again. So therefore, we have to put them down. All right. So some people find it hard to do that. Now it is very difficult for two group of people to go, to give compliment to others and check yourself whether you belong to either of this group or not. The first group of people find it very hard to compliment others. These are the self-centered people because you want the attention to yourself and not others. When you compliment others, the attention is given to the other. Person, or maybe you feel that you are better, right? So the self-centered, they always think of themselves. They want the attention to themselves. They want the spotlight to themselves. To ask them to compliment somebody else, they find it difficult. Another group of people find it difficult to compliment other people. They are the insecure. Right? It makes you feel lousy about yourself. It makes you feel even more inferior. The insecure people are generally inferior people. Uh, and because they are inferior, you know, when they compliment others, they feel that, wow, you know, again, other people do better than me. So they find it very difficult uh, to encourage others with their words. So don't be stingy in offering compliment. But when we offer compliment, do it with a sincere heart. Don't just do it for the sake of making the person feel good, but you must actually mean it. Uh, if it's the person really did a good job, say so. Okay, so don't offer compliment for the sake of just one thing uh, to say something good, but mean it with all your heart. Do so with sincerity. Compliment one another. I'm sure all of us can do that. Compliment the worship team uh, when they do well. You see, uh, when they didn't do so well on that Sunday, keep quiet. <laughs> don't say harshly. <laughs> just smile to them and ask them. You know, try harder. <laughs> no, right? Just say, well, thank you for serving. You can always say, thank you for serving. Isn't it? Right? You don't have to say anything negative. You can still tell them, thank you for serving. If they did really well, say, oh, I really enjoyed this morning worship. Thank you, you know, right, for giving your best. I say words of encouragement, compliment them. Secondly, uh, this is another thing that all of us can do. View others better than ourselves. In Philippians chapter 2, 2 verse 3, he said, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourself. You honor others by giving them a role to play. You honor others by highlighting, uh, by highlighting uh, their strength. Say, for example, in the playing music, right? every week we have music dream. Don't try to hog the limelight. Play as a team. Uh, if you are a very good, you know, uh, pianist, don't just tell everybody, today the focus will be on the pianist. The rest of you not so good. Don't highlight so much. Cannot. You see? Right? Next round, say, oh, today the highlight will be on the drummer. Let all the drummer get all the highlight. The rest because you are not so good. You know? No. We must actually compliment one another. Bring up one another. And I'm sure the same thing goes for any team uh, uh, game. Football, basketball, you know, right? netball, volleyball. When it comes to team playing games, you have to honor one another. Why is it some people refuse to pass the ball to their teammate when their teammate is in a better position to score? Why is that so? Because they think they are better than their teammate. They think that they can score better. And they want the, all the limelight to themselves. They didn't want to honor the other person. He said, if I pass to the fella, the fella score, all oh, the honor will go to him. What about me? I'm sure we have seen that too common, right? And you watch football. You see how some people, they, their, their, their teammate is actually in front of an uh, open goal, but they don't want to pass. Why? Because they want to score so that they will get all the limelight. 
but that's not the way. If somebody else can do a better job, if somebody else can score, let somebody else score. You contribute. At the end of the day, not he win, not you win. The team win. It's a team that win. So similarly, in the same thing, you know, in the church family, we are not to just showcase individual talent. There are places for that, but generally, we want to, you know, serve together and give God the glory. We want to view others better than ourselves. Learn to promote the ministry of others. I have a friend that we were, you know, same uh, graduated, same, you know, from uh, Bible school, right? And um, the person got married young and uh, have children, and as a result, you know, uh, the person for the first few years of her life was kind of, you know, not so active uh, in the ministry. And later, uh, when she finds that she has a, the, the children are more independent, she get back to active ministry. But when she get back to active ministry, not many people, uh, you know, are aware, uh, aware that she's getting back to active ministry. And not many people know of her gifting, right? But because, you know, I was involved in Christian education during that time, and, uh, you know, I know that she involved, you know, active ministry and uh, I was in the national uh, education department, so I wrote her in. And a lot of time when you are in leadership position, people will come to you, you know, ask you for recommendation or even approach you and ask you for, you know, uh, whether you want to help me with this or help me with that. But I know my strength and I know what I can do and I don't know my weakness, what I cannot do. And so I realized that quite a number of invitations come to me and ask me to do something for them, for the children. And I told them that children ministry is not my gifting. So I said that I will always recommend this person. I will always promote the ministry of this other person and ask them, go to this person, go to this person. And this person was very surprised. Hey, how come this church called me? I come and ask me. Oh, I said, I told them about you. Then I thought, hey, why this, this church called me? I said, yeah, I recommended, you know. And she was very surprised. And this is how I promoted somebody else's ministry. And then later on, you know, people go direct to her and people begin to know that she is good in the area. And this is what we ought to do. What you don't do, don't hawk it. Promote the ministry of other people. Highlight the ministry of other people. Uh, help them out. View others better than yourself. And if all of us can do that in the church, then we are not going to get the glory for ourselves. We are going to give all the glory to God. Then... The church is a better place to serve it. Amen? Right? Amen. And lastly, rejoice with the success of others. How do you honor others is to rejoice with the success of others. The Bible tells us in Romans 12 verse 15, rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. Generally, we know it's easier to mourn with others than to rejoice with others. Because in mourning, you still count yourself more blessed because you are not in such a position where you mourn. You can mourn with others. At the same time, you thank God that God spare you of that, you know, sadness. God spare you of the situation. But in rejoicing, you see others blessed and you may feel a little jealous. Hey, why God bless a person? Why God didn't bless me as much? So it's very difficult to rejoice with other people. Again, it goes back to our selfish attitude. Therefore, we must have the attitude of Christ, right? So, but we are called to rejoice. In rejoicing, we are showing honor to others. Well, I heard you did very well in your exam. Congratulations. You rejoice with the other person. No, I heard you got a promotion. Congratulations. Rejoice with the other person. I rejoice with them because you generally, you know, you genuinely want to rejoice and you honor them when you're rejoicing with them. These things are not hard to do. It all had to do with ourselves whether we are willing to be generous, whether we are willing to be large-hearted, to offer compliment to one another, to consider others better than ourselves, and to rejoice with the success of others. We are called to honor one another. How we honor others is a reflection of how we honor God. And one more thing the Bible tells us, when we honor others, it does not only benefit those whom we are honoring, but it has benefit for us as well. Because when we honor others, God honors us. In John chapter 12, verse 26, this is what Jesus said, If anyone serve me, he must follow me. And where I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serve me, the Father 
will honor him. When you honor others by serving them, by giving them compliment, by encouraging them, by motivating them, you know, you know that the Father says, I will also honor you because you are serving me. In serving them, you are serving me. In, in, in honoring them, you are obeying me. I will also honor you in return. And in Psalm 91 verse 15, he said, He will call on me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. You see, God wants to honor his people. God wants to honor us. It's surprising that God is God and he wants to honor us. How much more we are to honor one another. As believers, let's first honor God. When we honor him, we will obey his command. And his command is that we are to honor one another. So today we are going to do something practical. All of you, as you come in, you are given the card. Any one of you don't have card, raise your hand. The ushers will come to you with a card. It's a blank card. Raise your hand. You have not received a blank card. Raise your hand right? until the usher come to you. If you need a pen or a blank card, raise your hand. I want all of us to do something today. Right? Yeah, raise your hand. Right in front, at the side. Yeah, the ushers are coming to you. Right? Just be patient. Because there are many who did not receive yet. Just raise your hand till the ushers come to you. We have a blank card. You don't have a pen. Request for a pen. Okay, those of you in front, patient a bit. Uh, the best are coming from the back. Today, I want you to think of somebody you want to honor. The person can be your parents. The person can be your friend. The person can be a life kit teachers. The person can be an usher, can be a traffic warden, can be a musician, can be anybody. Yes, can be your husband, can be your wife as well. Right? Can be your uh, parents and even your children. Parents, you can also, quote-unquote, honour your children. Right? So because we are called to honour all men, think of one person that you want to honour. Could be related to you, could be unrelated to you. And I want you to write a word a compliment to the person. Right? Say something to encourage, to compliment, to motivate the person. Think of the person. Say, dear so-and-so, and start writing. I'll give you five minutes to write. Write first, right? right? We are going to pray. I want you to say a prayer for that person that you are going to honour. Pray for the person. I'm going to, and, and then I just give you a short moment to say a prayer for the person, and after that, I'm going to pray for all. And as I do that, I want the musician to get ready. Pray for the person that God will bless the person. For reminding us, Lord, from your word that we are to honor one another. In fact, Lord, you encourage us to even outdo one another in showing honor. We thank you that in our life you bring many, many different individuals to be a blessing to us. We thank you for parents. We thank you for teachers. We thank you for leaders. We thank you for friends. We thank you even for strangers who have time has come to our help and be a blessing to us. We thank you for each and every one of them that you have brought into our life. We just want to pray, Lord, especially those whom we intend to honour, we intend to encourage and to compliment. Lord, they can be our parents, they can be our teachers, they can be our friends, they can be our leaders. For each and every one of them, we ask of you, Lord, to show your favour upon them as well. Even as they have been a blessing to us individually, we ask you to bless them in return, O God. We ask of you to strengthen them. We ask of you to be with them. We ask of you, Lord, to continue to expand their capacity. The Lord, they'll be able to serve you in greater measure. And Lord, I just pray that you help us to, O God, as children, as friends, as followers, the Lord, that we will 
continue to follow your word, that we'll continue to honor one another as you have commanded us to do so. So Lord, I just pray that this spirit of unity, this spirit of love and honor will continue to bind the church together so that Lord Subang Jaya Assembly will build a legacy of love and honor among its believers. And I pray, Lord God, that as a church, we will grow in authentic fellowship and we will continue to be a blessing to one another and to the community as well. We want to thank you. Thank you, Lord, for your word and teach us to be obedient and to be doers of the word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Shall we all stand to our feet and we're going to sing this uh, chorus together. I bind us together and I'm going to hand this time over to Pastor Donnie.